peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good those who consume my content on Instagram, you know, I've been on one this week. I uh, posted some videos from my other podcast to my Brook Noms World Instagram channel. Been a little agitated, but you know what? I'm, I'm definitely encouraged and I'm definitely feeling good. Uh, just so you guys know, I don't want people to think that I'm down. I'm not down and out. I, I, I'm going to say this and I don't want to seem super religious in a worldly sense, right? There's a, there's a, a right biblical way to perceive religion. And then there's a worldly way, but the God that I serve is real. Now that doesn't mean that things are going to be peachy keen and, and everything is going to go well. And there's going to be no persecution ever. I'm not seeking persecution. I don't want persecution. My prayer and my goal is to live a quiet and peaceable life. And I believe that is a biblical desire. There's nothing wrong with that. I do not have a martyr's complex. We're going to get in Exodus chapter 21, verse 20. There were some complicated things in here. I'm not going to lie to you. I I read, reread, read some more. Uh, kind of looked into some some things that other people said about these these passages, and ultimately, as I read, I began to get a more clear picture of what was going on, and and the reason I was I've been taking my time, especially with this portion of Exodus, is because this is used as a point of such contention from many atheists and Bible critics that I wanted to approach carefully. I've heard some people go over these verses and I've heard some people address what what these passages of of uh, the Bible discuss. And sometimes I think some people do what I do, what I call sometimes a, a blip over approach. It's like, yeah, this says this. This is that. All right. Next verse. Now, sometimes I do that when I don't want to spend too much time on one issue kind of going over, going through a brief overview of the book. But normally I point out, hey, there's more here. I'm not avoiding this. I would like to come back, but I'm going on for more. But I wanted to kind of deal, spend a little time here and and get a little biblically philosophical. You see, because there's many things in the Bible, if you approach and you attack and just move over, you'll miss. Sometimes you really do got to get, I don't want to say have to, I don't want to tell people what they have to do, but it would be wise sometimes to get a little bit philosophical, biblically philosophical, right? Thinking through what the Bible says, following that thought to its eventual end. Don't just stop at the beginning, follow the thought all the way through and see, is this consistent with the Bible? So anyway, the book of Exodus Chapter 21, verse 20. Let's get into this. 
And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Now, the first thing that would be brought out is why was this person striking their servant with the rod? That isn't necessarily dealt with here. Now, the mistake you can make is if, if a critic points this verse out and they go, ah, see, he struck his servant with the rod. The Bible supports that. Nowhere here do you see any instruction for uh, the masters to strike the servant with the rod. And nowhere in here do you find a license to do so, right? Nor any guidelines to do so. What this is laying out is judgments. If this thing happened, this is the, the judgment whereby you judge these things, right? So again, in a lot of ways, what you have happening right here, you have one of the first instances in history of case law. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that there was no other societies that had case law during this time, but I don't, I seriously doubt any other society had this. So now the, the Bible's laying this out. All right. So if, if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod and he die under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Okay. So let's move on. Right. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished for he is his money. Right. So you can look at different translations. This is, this is translated in some different ways. I'm, I'm not going to get into the other ways. Those, those translations see that. So this, this servant is the way that this person makes money. Now, several things I, I want to point out. We already dealt with verses about kidnapping, right? Stealing a person. So not only was the person who stole the person to be put to death, but if anyone was found in possession of a person that was stolen, they should be put to death. When you look through everything that's said in this chapter, you don't really find a license for involuntary servitude. All right. That's not really what, what you see happening here. This this is kit. This is completely different from how slave because our view of slavery. Here's the problem. Our view of slavery is what we have seen and it is grotesque and it is not something that is sanctioned by the Bible. And in many translations, uh, the word servant or maidservant or manservant is translated as slave. That is an accurate translation, but you also have to understand what that entailed at this time. And it's nothing like what we think when we think slavery, right? So now under the judgments that we already saw in the verses before this, what happens if a man smite another man that he die put to death? Now let's look up the word punish. That word punish means participle, uh, passive afflicted with pain or evil as the retribution of a crime of offense, chastise, uh, and one of the punishments that we already saw or the punishment for smiting a man that he die is death, right? So according to this very chapter, this, this man 
who smote his servant that his servant died would be subject to the punishment laid out in this chapter, which is death. So again, I tell you, the slavery that we saw in the transatlantic slave trade and most um, all of the slavery we saw, we have seen in history is 100% anti-biblical. And I'm going to point out some more things as we get in into this chapter and kind of kind of show some more. OK, if men strive and hurt a woman with child so that the child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow, he shall sh he, he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him and he shall pay as the judges determine. So two men fighting, the woman is is hit in the disturbance and she has this child, but the child is is born and there's no problem. There's no issue that that word mischief means harm, hurt, injury, damage, evil, whether intended or not. So the child survives. The child comes out early and it survived no, or no harm came to the child. The husband gets to decide, OK, I'm going to decide what happens to this uh, to this person for, you know, hurting this woman. Right. So th this this was not vigilante justice. This is a proper judicial system that God is laying out for them to to have judgments. Right. The di the, the the decrees that God is giving them, this is their law. Right. So they answer to God and God is giving them a supreme law. So there's not there's not one figure, one man that they're answering to. Right. This is not a dictatorship. It is for all intents and purposes, a theocracy, but not a theocracy. How you've seen throughout history. This is God himself laying out laws, commandments and judgments for them to adhere to. Right. So. Some random dude couldn't just come in and say, hey, I decree this. Nah, homie, we ain't get that from God. These are the laws that God laid out. OK, now here's where this gets interesting. If you look at verse 23, it says, if any mischief follow them, thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe, right? So it, let's say two men striving and uh, as they're striving, they hit this woman who's pregnant, uh, the, the, the child dies, right? The, the child that was in her, her belly dies, life for life. And let's say if she, was, if she was burned in the scuffle, something happened, burning for burning, if she lost an eye, if, if, if the child came out and lost an eye, if something befell the child that wasn't death, it was supposed to be an exacting judgment. So what this also leads to is when you think about the New Testament, when when the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, ye hath heard that it hath been said an eye for an eye, a two for a tooth, right? Because how they were viewing that is vigilante justice. And a lot of times people who believe they're there that you you can't defend yourself at all they use this and this is misused and this is exactly what the lord jesus christ was trying to explain to the, the, the pharisees is that hey 
There was a specific reason that these judgments were laid out. And what you're doing is you are violating this entire judgment. And that's what he was trying to explain to them. And they didn't understand that. And so if they would have came back to these very verses, if they would have came back to these very verses, they would have seen that they would have seen that. Oh, yeah, we definitely got this whole thing twisted, but they used it out of context. And it's not like it was now, you know, people weren't walking around with scrolls. They weren't walking around with Bibles like we have completed volumes. So many people weren't going back to the text to check. Okay, well, what does the Bible actually say? What does God's word actually say about this? The the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the high priests, they were the religious leaders. And they assumed in good faith that what these guys are telling us is correct. But it, in fact, was not And if they would have went back to the original text, they would have seen that. And the first time I read through this whole thing and got the entire context, I was like, boom, I understand exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying to the Pharisees. Because if you remember now in the King James version, this is how it's translated in other versions. I'm, you know, I don't know exactly how it's translated, but the Lord Jesus Christ said, ye hath heard that it hath been said Right. And then he said, I for an eye, two for two. But I tell you what he was telling him in essence is this is what you've been told about what what this what this scripture says. Let me explain to you what it actually says. All right. Verse uh, 24 and and uh, 26. I read that. So verse. uh, Yeah, 26. If. And if a man smite the eye of his servant. Now, remember, going back to the punishments of that first verse. If a man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite out his servant's tooth or his maid servant's tooth, he shall let him go. Uh, free for his tooth's sake. So look at how specific this is. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, if you so much as harm your servant that you damage you, 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 you a tooth falls out. They have damage to their eye. You got to let them free again. When you look at this, there is no way you can look at the Bible and use it to justify what was done in the transatlantic slave trade. And this is one of the reasons why when people use that excuse, when you see many people use that excuse, even if you don't, this is what happens with me when somebody says, Oh, but the Bible says X, Y, and Z, and I don't have a good explanation. I don't try to pull some rabbit out of the hat. I don't try to pull something out of thin air. I tell them, Oh, you know what? I never looked into that, but let me, let me, let me go look at that and get back with you. Right. And then that's what you should do. You go to your Bible, you read your Bible, you see what the Bible actually says. And oftentimes you'll come out like, oh, easy explanation for this. They got this completely wrong. This is this is one of those times, in my opinion. Verse 28, if an ox gore a man or a woman that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned. And his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. But if if the ox 
were wont to push uh, with his horn in times past, and it hath been testified to his owner, and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also shall be put to death. So this was a situation where somebody knew there was a problem, right? They're, they knew there was a problem with, with their animal. They didn't address it and someone died. This is how serious this is. Do, do you see how complete this these things are? This is this is a complete oral uh, a case law for the Hebrew people to go by to judge between themselves, right? God protecting individuals. This is, this is extremely interesting because at this time you didn't really have any society where individual rights were protected. And that's what we have here. Not, um, and, and me saying that, believe me, is by no means an attempt to make this political, but th that is what this is. This is a protection of individual rights. Verse 30, if there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Whether he have gored, uh, whether he have gored a son or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment, shall it be done unto him. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto unto their master 30 shekels of silver and the ox shall be stoned. And if a man shall uh, open a pit or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good and give money unto the owner of them and the dead beast uh, shall be his. Again, God is dealing with individual rights, right? He's somebody dug a pit. They didn't cover the pit up. Somebody's ox fell into this pit. Okay. They have to deal with this. This is their fault. If, if you would look into other societies at this time, you would know how monumental this, this, this protection of individual rights is. And if one man's ox hurt another's that he die, then they shall sell the live ox and divide the money of it. And the dead ox also, uh, they shall divide. Or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in times past and his owner hath not kept him in, he shall surely pay ox for ox and the dead shall be his own. This is so incredible when you when you consider God taking the time to give them judgments and to protect individual rights, something that wasn't done at that time. It's very unique that this would have made them such a, a different society from everything around them. And that this is exactly what God wanted. God wanted them to be a sanctified people unto himself. He wanted the nations around to know these people are different and the way they judge and deal with each other is different. And the idea was, and you'll, you'll find this later on, I believe it's in the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, where he says that they were supposed to love 
their neighbors as themselves. Something that you did not find in the societies around them at all. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.